If you've been following along with the podcast, you know that we wrapped up John chapter 8 last week. But before we jump into John chapter 9, we'll be taking a slight diversion with this week's lesson. When we read our text for this week, we'll be reading from Romans chapter 8, uh, and we'll be looking at verses 18 through 31. But before we read, let me explain why I'm making this little move away from the normal pattern. Our world is pretty messed up right now, and all of us have had to make changes to our lives. And many of us are struggling to some degree. Some, some of you have lost jobs. Some of you are furloughed. Some of you are working, but you're not unsure about the future. And some of you just don't feel valued at work, or maybe you don't feel valued at home. And this is just a very short list. You know, when times get difficult, our innermost beliefs and convictions are laid bare. And sometimes that can be a difficult thing to look at. What I mean is, when we're confronted with negative circumstances, we can more easily see where we place our trust. Let me give you an example. Let's imagine that something terrible happened. Imagine that you were unjustly sent to prison today. That would be a pretty low state of being from the world's perspective. But the Bible tells us that when Paul and Silas were sent to prison uh, and put in shackles, one of the things they were doing was that they were singing. Singing in prison. So what does this tell us about them? Well, it tells us that their current situation didn't have a devastating impact on their faith or their value. Their faith rested in something outside of this world. So because of that, nothing in this world could shake them. And their value wasn't set by their job or their bank account or their comfort or how many friends they have or the house they live in. No, their value rested in their firm belief that they are children of the living God. So today, I want to give you some encouragement through scripture. I want you to be reminded of your value. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and we'll be reading Romans 8, verses 18 through 31. This is Paul writing, beginning in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to, to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now take a look at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? This passage says a lot, and it opens with a very important truth. This is a broken world, and suffering is a part of it. Jesus himself suffered greatly. Sin entered and corrupted the world. It's broken. So what does this mean? It, well, it means that suffering will happen. Unfortunately, it's part of our environment. As a matter of fact, if we're experiencing any good things, they are blessings to be thankful for. But this passage also lays out our hope and our value. That we are adopted children of God. In other words, God saw us as being of such value that he sent his only son to die in our place so that we could be reconciled with him and adopted into his family. That is incredible love. And if you believe that our all-powerful creator God loves us that much, you'll see that you have great value in his eyes and everything else pales in comparison. But in practice, how do we, even as Christians, determine our value? Do we look at things that way, or do we look for value in other places? Too often we look elsewhere. For example, uh, sometimes we set our value by uh, how we think other people see us. This is true, and it's sad, and I'll speak for myself. I do this all the time. I worry about how other people view me. It's it's really a crippling way to live because you're constantly trying to please other people. It's kind of like you're serving seven billion little gods. If you're living like this, your value is bound up in feedback from other people, isn't it? And if you play it out, you can never win. You simply can't make everyone happy all the time. You can't be as good as everyone else at everything. You know, we've said it in class, we're all gifted in different ways and that's good and necessary. But if you go down the people-pleasing path for too long, you'll feel like you need to be perfect. You'll feel like you need to excel at everything. And if you're living like that, it's a prison. You'll find yourself hurting when you work hard and you feel like nobody cares. You'll stay awake at night parsing out interactions with others and you'll beat yourself up over what you could have done better. And what's at the root of all of this? It's pride. Pride that you can do everything without help. Well, guess what? We aren't perfect. And that's exactly why we need Jesus. If we lean on the fact that our true value is found in Christ, we can be like Paul. And Paul says that he can boast in his weakness 
because it shows his need for Jesus. It builds up Jesus in his eyes and in the eyes of those around him. And this is great, but it's not always easy, is it? That's why Paul tells us about another important player in all of this. Beginning in verse 26, Paul writes that the Holy Spirit has been given to help us fill in the gaps. He helps us fill in our weaknesses. So when we start going down the path of destructive people-pleasing, for instance, (laughs) or feeling hopeless because of our current financial situation or our family situation or our job situation, we have a resource here to help us. So how do we make use of this resource, the Holy Spirit? Kill the pride. Ask for help. Admit inadequacy. Pray for help. Seek answers in Scripture and not in the affirmation found in your bank account or likes on Facebook. Those things are temporary. Our status as adopted children of God is eternal. That's what we should be resting in. Not the whims of the day. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is what helps us to do that. Open yourself up to his work. Stop trying to fix everything yourself. Jesus fixed everything for us. Our pride acts like Jesus isn't enough, that we need to be the ones to fill in the gaps. It's like, have you ever bought a piece of furniture from Ikea? If you have, you could go home and you could take those flat pack boxes that will maybe eventually be your new dresser, and you can scatter all the pieces on the floor, stare at them for a while, and then have a panic attack about how hard it all looks, right? You know, you could be like my sister, sorry, Rachel, and not look at the directions and kind of solve the problem on your own. And what do you get? You end up with a massive headache and a dresser that has uneven drawers sticking out. Or you could humble yourself and accept the help that is right in front of you. Pick up the instructions and put it together. That's what they're there for. You'll have a great dresser, and you'll have had a much more pleasant experience putting it together. You'll take this perceived problem and you'll glide through the assembly much easier. Not perfect, there will be struggles, but it'll be much easier. So for us, when we go through troubles, let's accept the help that God offers us. It takes humility. Humble yourself and seek him in times of trouble. Look to him for your help. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps us to fill in the gaps, and the Holy Spirit always points us to Christ. And when we do find our value in the truth of our position in Christ, we can read verse 28 and we can truly believe what it says. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So even in the most difficult times on earth, our eternity is secure. So we are guaranteed to have a good outcome. The troubles of the day are tiny speed bumps when all is said and done. And verse 31 sums it up really well. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So here we are. It's decision time. Where are you looking to calculate your value? Are you looking at your financial security? Are you looking at your occupation? 
Are you looking at your perceived popularity? Are you looking at your current struggles? Or are you looking at looking to Christ and saying, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm so thankful that Jesus is. And I mean enough to the creator of the universe that he sent Jesus to die in my place. For someone to love me that much, I must be pretty valuable. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your consistent love for us. Thank you for loving us so much that you adopted us as your children. Help us to humble ourselves and accept the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, help us to rest in the position that we have in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.